I'm not sure if this is an explicit podcast or, or we we you know cut stuff out. And, uh, <laughs> but- Hello, world! Welcome to Catalyst, the Launch by NTD Data podcast. Wait, what? No, you're right. You're in the right place. You're in the right place. Everything looks a little different. This is definitely, this is the show formerly known as the Post Light Podcast. Mm -hmm. If you're listening to this in your favorite podcast app, you probably see a new name, a new album art, but it's the same old folks. I'm Gina Trapani. And as always, joined by my business partner, Chris Lasacco. Hey, Hey, Chris. Hey, Gina. How's it going? Good. We moved into a new house. We did. It's It's so nice and spacious. It's got that like new paint smell and the windows are like perfect. And like, it's, everything's like modern. Right. Built in. Yeah. You like don't want to sit on the chair because you're like, oh, it's so new. We're going to ruin everything. I'm going to leave my jean prints on that, that that cushion over there. It's, oh man, the kitchen is so clean and shiny. It's, so nice in here. I really miss doing this with you. We've been off for a few weeks. We've been running some some old classics. And I was like, I can't wait. I can't Let's wait get to get back, back into and it. Re- recording with you. But you know what? We moved into a new house and we have a new roommate. We're welcoming a new co-host to the show. We're very pleased to introduce Clinton Bonner. Clinton, hello. VP of Marketing at Launch. Welcome to the show. Oh, what a beautiful home. Thank, thank you so much. I brought the warm cookies. The place already smells great, but you, you know... <laughs> My parents taught me one thing and they taught me plenty of things is you don't show up to a house, especially a new house, empty handed. So I'm here with housewarming gifts and lots of fun and energy and just I'm coming in as a fanboy, right? Like I love the podcast. And then we got to meet because of this mashing up worlds, which I'm sure we'll talk about a bit. And now we're here together. So, uh, you know, thank you for giving me a room, getting me a set of keys and, uh, you know, I'm putting some beer in the fridge for me. Cause I'm excited. There you go. <laughs> well, we're thrilled to have you and your yes. parents raised you right. The Italian to me really appreciates the cookies. <laughs> we're so thrilled that you're here. There's been a lot of change. There's been a ton of change. Postlight has, you know, was acquired by NTT Data. We're becoming, or we have become, this new group called Launch by NTT Data. And we really wanted to bring the show along with us because we're bigger and better. And we've got this just amazing cohort of product-minded companies focused on building just really beautiful and usable digital experiences. And uh, Postlight feels right at home with this group, but Mm -hmm. we're ready to, to take the show to the next level and expand this with voices and guests from our sibling companies uh, who are not our sibling company. We're now one group. And I think I want to talk a little bit about the new, the new name. Yeah. Let's dive into it. I mean, we, so we talked last episode with Mark, who's the president of launch and about what it means that all these groups are coming together and a little bit about Mark's history. You know, the idea behind catalyst is we want the optimistic disruptors. That's right. Um, we are trying to speak to the people in the market who are at a place where they are not happy, uh, they're dissatisfied, but they see a better way and That's they right. believe in a better way and they want to be the change maker in their organization. And that is very much the kind of person that we want to partner with That's because right. we want to make change in the world and in these large enterprises where change is hard. And sometimes you need a partner who's in the boat with you and rowing in the same direction. It's very much who we want to speak to. And that's the idea behind Catalyst. Let's figure out how to 
spur change, you know, yeah, and let's right. be, let's be the change maker. I mean, you know, Clinton, as we were talking about how, what is the messaging that we put out into the world? Uh, we have this tagline, right? Move millions. And the idea is we can do big things when we partner with, with our clients who have aspirations. And we're trying to speak to the people out there who have aspirations, but they don't have the fuel in the tank or the horsepower to, to get it done. Well, one of the things I love about what we're bringing together, and this is like the actual passion of what we're bringing together, right? This ain't an infomercial. This is like what I actually feel is that we've gotten rid of a lot of the, in my opinion, a lot of the, the wonkiness and a lot of the super high MBA speak, because I think people are kind of tired of it. I think yeah. people want to have honest discussions and get trust with people very, very rapidly. Understand that you get me, I get you. We could be friends and have a beer like we talked about in the aforementioned fridge. And we're going to get, let's get down to, let's go, let's go build great stuff and just learn from each other really in an accelerated way because we can't wait. Those dissatisfied op optimists, like you said earlier, they're kind of tired of waiting and they're tired of reading the next you know 80 page report on something that is just a bunch of words and they want to get they want to get down to things that ship the things that move people digitally and uh, that's that's where our focus is and that that's why I'm so excited about the whole endeavor in a nutshell that's so well said and I'm I'm hoping that people are listening to this and feeling like okay great there's some of the the post-light DNA that is continuing here, but there's also some new fresh energy and excitement and capabilities, frankly, that yeah. we've inherited as part of launch that we can now bring to bear in the conversations that we're having with our with our clients and prospects. Yeah. And I think it's going to show out too in, in the guests that we're, we're bringing on, right? So we're, we're actively working real hard to get, I would call say just a pretty wide spectrum of just different types of folks with lots of different skill sets and, and experiences that are actively saying, yes, they, they want to be on the pod too, which is cool. I think it's a testament to how good and how strong the Postlight podcast is and was as it carries over. And we're opening the aperture maybe even a bit wider to invite in these, these folks that we think matter. You know, why do you listen to a podcast, right? Like why the heck do you listen to, a, to any podcast? Well, I don't know, maybe to get a little more informed, become a little bit more intellectual on a particular thing, to get cool tidbits, to become a little smarter in a room to be inspired, to be entertained, right? Those like put those things in a blender. And I hope that's the sweet spot we're going to uh, continue to hit while we bring in these just exciting guests that we think they've got stuff to share. And that again is like, we want those kind of people because they're scratching at it. You know, Chris and Gina, they want to go do more and more and more. And it's just those folks who are tired of waiting, like I said, and the folks we're bringing on are like, they didn't wait. They didn't wait for, for the, the light to turn green. They, Maybe they just rolled right through the yellow and said, uh, yeah, well, we, we got to go, right? So again, just the kind of temperament that we're bringing is uh, I'm really excited about. You touched on this earlier, Clinton, like one of the things from the Postlight podcast and from Postlight, and I think that this is a shared value across a few of the groups that are coming together, is this idea about being, you know, plain spoken and avoiding jargon and business speak and yes. hand wavy terminology. You know, folks sometimes when they who listen to the show will say to, to me, Chris, like, oh, you know, how you know, how do you all prepare for the show? And my stock answer is like a lot less than than I wish we did. <laughs> 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 and and it was kind of by design, right? That we yeah. wanted to have just real, authentic conversations That's with right. one another and with our our listeners. And this is how we speak to our clients about like just the, you know, simple step, like what's going on, you know, in real terms, in plain English. And that's something that launches carrying forward because we just, when we 
you know, work with our clients, we keep it simple, we keep it real, we keep it no BS and say, all right, look, here's the business problem that you're facing. Here's the outcome that you're looking for. And here's a path to go forward. And that's something that we're, that Clinton, you and the team, the entire launch team has really embraced when we're going to continue to do that on the show with, yeah. our, with our guests and, and with our clients, you know, we, the dissatisfied optimist, that person who's, you know, we've talked about on this show, impatience, we've talked about this show, sort of an aversion to to jargon or just slow software right. or bad experiences, drag, drag. Yeah. exactly, that friction. And even though we're bigger and we have more capabilities and there's more folks to coordinate for us internally, we're really still, you know, committed to that, you know, that that fast follows smooth is one of our new, uh, one of our colleagues, Nate Perez-Bilson, who I'm sure we'll have on the show at some point, uh, that's one of his mantras and really take taking that on right like just you know to be that accelerator for our clients for those 100%. leaders that listen to the show that's right i think the people who really listen to the show they're folks who are grounded in product thinking this idea of you know iterative of shipping you know and iterating over time and getting feedback and just creating those great experiences and so that's why we're really targeting you know those folks who are feeling like who go into to a job especially at bigger companies and say there's so much opportunity here. Like, oh, I'm so frustrated that this thing is so hard or it's so hard for our customers to do this or that or it's so hard for our employees to get this done. And I know it can be better. And I'm going to be the driver exactly. to make that to make that happen. Yep. Um, some of our best clients that we've worked with have been have had a little bit of like forgiveness versus permission and a, and a lot of kind of impatience and saying, no, this is what we're doing. We need to make this better. Right. This has and to be better because we're going to get overtaken in the market yes. or our employees are going to leave or our customers are going to find a better option. Right. And those are the folks that we really, you know, derive our energy from and are most productive partnering with. That's the thing. Our, our job is to prove them right, is to make That's them right. look really good. That's right. And get them promoted. <laughs> and, you know, we like to find people who are willing to make big bets and then we help them cash in on those big bets. That's right. Yeah, that's co coolly said, if that's a word. So you, you guys will get to know my, I, I tend to make up words and I challenge myself mid-sentence going, is that actually a word? It's okay. Just you, you're rolling up a new word. And a new <laughs> Just going to roll with it. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, one of the things that I, that I do love about the DNA that we brought together also, and, and again, this is just to portray what the heck are we trying to do? Why continue this particular podcast and keep pushing forward? And it's because like the folks that are the dissatisfied, they also really tend to like a challenge. They like mm. being challenged. They're, they're not coming into a room, laying out a plan and saying, do it exactly that way. That's not yeah. what, that's not the discussion or the better yet, the relationship that they desire or want and certainly deserve, right? It's not order taking, hop in a taxi cab and take me from A to B. Very, very rarely is that the people that we want to engage with. It's, it's, they, they have a vision. They're not quite sure about where they want to get to. We want to help them shape that vision, find the best way possible, aim the right way. And they desire the tough conversations, whether that be a technology conversation or that to be a strategy conversation. They're looking for hard, tough conversations up front with people that they could sit there over a cup of coffee and again, respect and be like, I get you. They might not agree with you and that's totally fine, right? But having passionate debate about what is the best path forward and being willing to be challenged both sides for us and then back to the clients. That's right. And that's, and again, that's the kind of guest we want to bring on too, is like, you know, innovation, new prod dev, that stuff is tough. 
if it was really easy, there, you know, everybody would be Apple. If you know, if you want to take pick a winner out there, right? Everybody would be Apple. But there's only one. It's really freaking hard. That's so right. We love that. We love those kind of people. We love the folks that honor and want to be challenged, and and we take that role really seriously too. And I hope we carry that over too. I, th- I think we will in this pod as well. So it's not just you know, it's not just a polite bouncing of a balloon in the air back and forth. But it's we're, we're pushing. We're we're asking harder questions because we know. There's expertise there, but you got to get to the tough stuff for the real expertise to kind of come out. Love it. Yeah, it's very, very well said. Clinton, I'm looking at you in our in our virtual recording studio, and I'm realizing you have a nicer microphone setup than we do in our podcast studio. So this is not your first rodeo, I take it. Tell us about your podcasting journey and uh, and how you you know sort of wound up here with with the setup you've got. It's a fun one. I'll try to be brief because it what a long, strange trip it's been, right? It's a bit meandering. <laughs> With that, though, for the podcasting specifically, I'll t- just jump there. So I'm a New Yorker by birth, grew up in Long Island, went to UConn, stayed in Connecticut. I will never call myself a Connecticut. I don't even know what we call ourselves. I don't even know what it is. I'm a New Yorker, but I live in Connecticut. It's fine. New York is way better. Deal with it. And, and so, 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 so with you're all welcome that, on the show already. <laughs> you fit right in. It just like, is what it is. Everything's better. Um, all right. So I'm, a, I'm an East Coast dude and I grew up as a Seattle Seahawks fan. So I'm 45 years old, born in 78. Seahawks started in 76. And I'm a marketing guy. When I was a kid, a little kid, six years old, I loved their helmet their logo, their mm. colors, blue, green, silver, loved everything about their getup. And it was really difficult to get Seahawks garb back then, even in the NFL, talking like early, early-ish to mid-80s. You couldn't just open a catalog and go get every team. There'd be like eight or 10 teams you could go get, you know, your New Yorks, your LAs, stuff like that, but you couldn't go get Seahawks stuff. So my mom had to actually write to a company to then get a physical catalog sent oh back God. to her to then order me a jersey for like Christmas, probably like when I was six or seven. And I got posters. I kind of fell in love with the Seahawks. And then hitting the way, way fast forward button. A couple of years ago, 2013, 2014, well, 10 years ago, she started listening to pods for the first time. And I, I gravitated to a couple of Seahawks pods, naturally. And then I ended up writing blog posts for the podcast. I wrote the two dudes are from Montana. Now they're very good friends of mine, Brandon and Adam. And I was like, hey, can I write a weekly blog post for you guys? And they're like, wait a second, you want to write a blog post for a podcast? And I was like, hey, you guys have a web- <laughs> you guys have a website? You know, like, why not? I'll just do a weekly unique recap. Kind of an action begets action type mentality. You take yeah, the swings. Yeah. They said yes. Um, and it was a popular addition, let's put it that way. And then after, I think, a season and a half, because I joined mid-year, one year, probably about seven years ago, the idea came up. I was like, hey, why don't you turn your blog into a pod? So just do it. Just go ahead and record it. And then hitting the fast forward button further, now it's about six and a half or seven years in. I'm part of the Seahawkers podcast. I do typically two to three shows in the, in the season. I do about two to three shows a week, a, a recap show, a, a I actually do a gambling show that looks at the, the best bets of the Seahawks game and a few others that I hop in on. But we do five or six a week and it's, it's a ton of fun. And, uh, and the Seahawks have a extraordinarily rabid fan base. So it fits my personality for sure. I love that you've got the marketing instincts run deep in your blood where you're like, I, you know, hey, let me write a blog post for you. Let me just see where this goes. And then that's how things get built. You know, that's right. Action begets action. Action is, begets is, action. Is so true. right? Yeah. It's a great lesson for a lot of things I tell my kids like, hey, don't talk about it. Be about it. Right. Like, go. That's go right. Do whatever that first thing is go do that first thing. It's, it's, it's a lot better than talking about it for another week or month or, or decade because it just it ain't going to happen that way. God, that's great advice for 
technology too. Yeah, <laughs> like, it really is. Just ship the thing, right? Just go do just it. Just ship the thing. This yeah. Is, yeah. This connects to our whole philosophy about like, just can't argue with working software. You got to put something That's, out there. You got to put something gotta out there. You got to have something to point to and say, look, yeah, there's momentum, right? Action begets action. Exactly. That's right. So let's talk a little bit about, it's so funny, you, you know, that, that Seahawk story, very enlightening. Also the fact that it started with the logo is fascinating to me. And I love that. It's great. But as a kid, right, you react to the to the colors, of to the course. jerseys. You're yeah. Like, oh, I like, yeah, like I like the Dallas Cowboys. Right. I thought the gray and silver and blue were cool. Like I thought that's a good combination. There yeah. you go. And maybe I'm maybe I'm stretching here, but go with me. It makes me think about the importance of brand, yes. the importance of design. Yes. You know, why do we care so much about look and feel? And it's this reason. There's you have a visceral reaction to things when you are thinking about how you connect to what the experience is of using something. Um, and it goes all the way up and down the quote unquote stack, right? It is, it is the coat of paint on the interface or the product or whatever, but it is also, you know, how things are put together. What are the components? All of these kinds of things contribute to what your experience is of a product, a platform, a brand, Right. I'm, I'm thinking now in the context of software, like how do you connect or not connect to something? And it's all of these very, very small signals. How so you feel about it. How, how you feel, feel about, about it. it. Exactly. You want to be there. It, you it, want to use this. The word feel is right. It is an yeah. emotional reaction a lot of the time more than like, oh, logically, I know that I can get X, Y and Z done if I use the blah, blah, blah. Right. It's no, like, but it's an emotion. Like, I feel like I'm in a good place. Like, I, you know, I'm going to the spa versus like I got to take out the trash. Right. percent. <laughs> That's, That's it. A different feeling. Yeah. So I'm curious, Clinton, from your perspective, right, as we think about marketing, certainly for launch by NTT Data, but also for just, you know, generally getting out there in front of our clients, the importance of design and why, like, why design? Why do we think about that? Why do we talk about it? How do we talk about it? Uh, I'm curious your thoughts on all that. Yeah, I've got quite a few on that topic. And so good you know, path to go down. When I was leaving my last job and then at that at that point, I was being brought over and courted by by Nexient, which is one of the one of the companies that formed launched by NTT Data. Yeah, I you know besides negotiating the things you got to negotiate professionally, I said to Mark in my interview process, I said, "Look, it's like a, a non negotiable for me is that I get a design team, not a design team I have to go borrow, but or and that the marketing function gets to hire and and grow a design function that yeah. doesn't have to go." hat in hand and ask people to be week, weekend warriors to go do brand work, to go do design work. So to me, I learned in, in my career probably a good seven, eight years ago now that in the marketing realm, and I think really any realm, surround yourself with great designers. Because in my opinion, it's the fastest way because of that visceral, because of that feel, it is the fastest way to get your yeses in technology. Mm. You get things visualized. And I don't mean visual for the sake of visual. And we could talk about that as well, because I think that, that can go the exact opposite way to what you're trying to accomplish. But studied, understood experiences, visualized and what you're trying to accomplish and present those and present them concisely, present them beautifully and consistently. And you're going to get a lot of, a lot more yeses than maybe you would otherwise, which when you're politicking internally, when you're trying to get your project elevated over somebody else's project, and there's only so much, you know, a finite budge to go around, go make it look beautiful, make it, make that emotional connection right away that this is the one to go fund. And that's how you win. Uh, so for me, it is fundamental to, to getting high level work done. And then it has the amazing consequence of showing out everywhere. 
everything looks beautiful. It looks, you bring consistency, you bring a design system and a design system philosophy, and you don't accept less than. Mm-hmm. You just yes. get, you just start to reject and say, not good enough. And we could all get lazy in moments. All right, it's only this little thing over here. It's only this little thing over here. And it's like the action to continuously denounce that little devil on the shoulder and be like, no, no, no. Like we have to be more particular because this is our brand. Uh, yes. And that's always a tug of war, right? That to me is is the why behind and, the ha- and, and how it comes through is just surround yourself with great designers. Let the beautiful thing be the beautiful thing and do it consistently. And you'll have a lot, a lot of uh, chances at, at doing good stuff. Yeah. This idea about that's how you get to yes is so good. People don't want to see another PowerPoint. They don't want to read another requirements document. They don't want to go through and say, are my 17 bullets around information security covered? That is important. Those are important. Don't get me wrong. There is a place for that. But oftentimes, a lot of the time, it's not what's going to be the thing that pushes the person over the edge. That's right. The thing that says, this is something I want to commit to. But man, when you put a wireframe or a full, you know, high fidelity mock-up in front of somebody and say, this is my vision, the light bulb switches on, you know, it's like, I see it now and I'm with you a hundred percent or I'm not with you. And here's why I've got very specific feedback, right? Right. (laughs) It like prompts a kind of discussion that you just can't get when you're looking at a PowerPoint deck, you know, or or a set of requirements that just like kind of outlines something. It takes a big mental leap, especially for a company that's trying to modernize, right? If you've been doing something a given way for 20, 25, 30 years plus, and you're like, I'm just going to do the next point release or the next major release of my platform. If you're not painting the picture for how something is going to be different, you're just going to end up in the same place, right? Yeah. That is what always happens. But Surrounding yourself with designers and saying, we're going to show that there's a better way. We're going to hold a high standard and here's how we can go do it. And here's what it's going to look like when we get there. Such a powerful tool. And and one of the places where I think our teams are really successful is we yeah. can partner with, again, going back to the conversation at the beginning of the episode, let's find a change agent and let's make sure that we can arm them to say, here's the vision, right? Here's the vision. Because great design transports you to another place, right? Like we, I mean, you know, I mean, Apple obviously showed the entire industry how much great design matters, right? When you're opening up your iPhone box, you're not thinking about how much you paid. You're not thinking, you know, is it going to let me check my email? You're thinking like, this is a beautiful object and I'm so happy to have it in my life and I just want to cradle it in my hands. I mean, I know it's such a cliche, right? But it's, but it's true. Like I love to use this thing. Like it's personal. It's mine. A great design takes you to that place. I mean, I mean something Clinton, I've been so thrilled to work with you and your team. I mean that the launch branding in particular, like it has that premium feel, you know, that like it's, it's minimal, but it's powerful and it's modern and it's premium. Right. And this is the kind of uh, vision that you want to equip our catalysts, our change agents with, you know, to get that, the, the yes, the budget, the, you know, that momentum behind what they're trying to do. Our customers are going to love using this. You know, we're, this is going to elevate us and our brand and our services to a whole new level. And that's, that's, I'm sort of conflating what we do for our clients and how we've marketed launch, right? But it's all, it's all connected, right? And it, and it's so much of it has to do with understanding the value and how important design is, which, which you did, Clinton. And I love that you said to Mark, a design, being surrounded with a design team, you know, not somebody I'm borrowing is, is, requirement is, for the is, job. is, requ- is a requirement for the job. And also just holding that quality bar and being like, we can do better. How can this be better? This feels a little bit off. This spa- I mean, and it's, sometimes it's like details, right? Spacing, 
you know, <laughs> kerning, That's, typography. It's always the details. Especially once you once you get around the brand concept and you, and you like it, then it is the details. And yeah. one of the cool parts of working with y'all so far is just like we talk about honest challengers. Like we'll, we'll be sitting there in Slack having a conversation and we'll send something over and be like, eh. You know, like, and that's, that's great because I've got 14 things on my desk at that moment. And I'm like, all right, here's a version and I need to hear. And that's the thing about like, that's, this is not an example for just our team. This is how teams should come together around design and make sure the right skill sets are being empowered by designers. It's not like, it's not like designers go off to an ivory tower and go make (laughs) shit up. Right. It's like, (laughs) because that's going to come back to haunt you really, really quickly when you realize, well, that won't work. (laughs) That's right. Nobody, nobody talked to engineering. Nobody talked to the users with that, the creative team, the design team, they are the catalyst though, to take, to understand, do their user research, understand what, what's trying to be accomplished and then go explore it's not a forever spectrum, like go do whatever you want, right? No, right. it's got to be guided and then go explore w- within the realms of, okay, this is possible. We could, we could, and there's lots of things you can go do. So it's not like possible is this huge constraint. In fact, the constraint of possible narrows you in a way that's really purposeful so that you can do amazing design that is pushing the edges. And then you can get to those details you were talking about, Gina. So you can get to like, what happens when this thing toggles? What's the interaction when, when I flip this or what happens when I mouse over this on a web interface, then you can really get to the specialness of that experience that in culture wise and just feel and, and the desire to work with like-minded, that's what brings everything together. You visit something, you tap on something and like you said earlier, you know it when you see it, you know it when you feel it, and that's the power of design. And I would definitely warn, though, I'd lo- you know, love to talk about, too, I would warn the other side of it of just, hey, let's go do the quote-unquote art of the possible, but you didn't think first about what, what is actually possible, and you just go mm. off into a corner and try to go create something without talking first with the needed team to talk about it. And I think that's something that gets um, sometimes left behind in technology. You're saying when it's completely blue sky and that it's not a cross-functional team that is trying to almost have checks and balances on each other? Is that what you mean? Almost, right? Completely blue sky, go bananas, okay. right? Like, but, but most often, especially in enterprise technology, most often it ain't. Right. Somebody might say to you, we want to go explore the art of the possible. And in their brain, they're thinking, this is completely blue sky. However, dare I say, there's a CISO team, there's an engineering team going like, that's cool, but that ain't possible. So, right, so right. it's that early stage checks and balances of, of getting the right people inside a group so that if they can guide designers properly and really accelerate the uh, fast will follow smooth. Because what's the opposite of that? You don't do your homework up front. You do quote unquote blue, a, a true blue sky thing, but for something that has to fit back into a technology system or technology stack. And then you realize, let's say three weeks later, you've got gorgeous interfaces that everybody is now like foaming at the mouth to say, go build that. And then you have your first technology meeting and the answer is like, we can't build that. Right. Like, is that progress? Is that, is that a good outcome? I would argue that's potentially the worst outcome. Now you've got people that are, we talk about dissatisfied users. Now you just got sad people. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Now everyone's just disappointed and sad. It's that catalyst of using design and using it really, really properly. And there's a balance there. There's a balance of understanding what does that team make up? What should it be? What makes an effective early stage team so that design can be that true catalyst and not end up being something that is actually cruel or hurts you or like, you know, emotionally you're like, 
I wanted that and I will never have that. Well, that sucks. This is a great point. And it speaks to the importance of well-rounded designers who appreciate that very often you are designing within constraints and you have to learn to embrace those constraints early so that you are staying grounded in reality, that the things you are designing are at least part of the adjacent possible, right? Mm -hmm. They're not often left field. Or if you are doing a totally blue sky effort, you are framing it appropriately and saying, we took all the guardrails off because we want to just go play and we want to imagine. And there is a time and a place for that too, but it has to be contextualized. You also, you need designers who are comfortable talking with engineers, who are talking with information security professionals, who are talking with QA, who are talking with product people, right? This is the single biggest reason to build cross-functional teams. You need product managers, designers, and engineers who are talking with each other and who are putting their brains together. I mean, we often have engineers at the table in the first meeting with the client kickoff, right? It's very typical like, well, don't get engineers involved until the requirements are written. No, not necessarily. Mm -hmm. You want engineers to be contributing to the architecture of the thing from day one. And this prevents what you're talking about, Clinton, where it's like, I've made this beautiful design that everybody loves and it's completely not feasible or you'll get it in 36 months. And it's like, well, that's not, that doesn't help me, you know? Uh, So making sure that you've got really good distribution of responsibility from that very first meeting is absolutely critical to making sure that you are staying centered in what can actually be shipped. That's right. I mean, the goal isn't to design the perfect thing. It's to design the shippable thing, right? There's always, like we talked about being premium and holding a high quality bar and saying, eh, can we do better and sending it back and doing another iteration? Those things also are really important. Also, you can't do that forever, right? You can't. There's always a balance between pragmatism and, you know, and perfection. I mean, this is what I love about working in digital, right? Like it's everything is always a work in progress, right? And you can start small and fill in the details and, and, and things are a work in progress. But the thing is, is that we're always creating a thing that is going to be working software. That's right. We're making working software. That's not, right. We're not designing the perfect interface, right? Right. Like we're making working software. So that's what's so so important. And I think that distinguishes launch, I think, from you know, from design agencies or consulting firms, right? Whose deliverable is a deck or a brand book. I agree. And I, I think it falls down a lot in other corridors. And I'm not gonna throw other other brands under the bus or, or mention them because that's just, we don't need to. However, a lot of the processes that I've experienced and seen in the tech world is kind of that that big like diamond or double diamond where it's like, okay, the design team is going to do this and then they're going to throw it over the wall to this team. They're going to throw it over the wall to this team. And this becomes a really bad, bad, bad game of telephone. Mm, so yeah. like, first of all, a lot gets lost. Just sometimes the the purpose, you know, and, and the ideas as to why a designer chose a certain way of doing something gets lost. And as we said earlier, sometimes what they're doing cannot be implemented because they're not having honest discussions earlier on because the more, the further and further down the life cycle you get, the more expensive it gets to pivot and change and the more delayed your product becomes. And then ultimately probably the crappier thing you, you do end up shipping versus a little bit more upfront with still that mentality of let's get to an MVP, let's get to an MVP. So it's a little bit of like, you could thread the, you could actively and purposefully thread that needle of getting the right people up front so that you're never throwing something over a wall to a next team that then has to go try and get sped up on something and you know context is going to get dropped. It's just, it's going to, instead of having that idea 
of a philosophical continuous thread throughout the project, throughout the products, that to me is a, is a much more consistent way to get to great, you know, get it over and over and over again. And again, getting back to design, it's also the most effective way to empower designers to help you get your yeses. Yeah. Because yeah. every stage you're going to get through, you got to prove to somebody that this can move forward and should move forward. And they would be an idiot to not move it forward, right? <laughs> right. You want them to feel that way, that this has got to go forward. Well, guess what? If you get the continuous team from, from Jump Street, you give yourself the best opportunity just to keep racking up those yeses. And once you get momentum against like, behind a product, it becomes really difficult to stop. And then, by the way, you get one product to market and it lands. You get your second product to market and it lands. Uh, Chris, you said it earlier. That's when people start getting those huge promotions. All of a sudden, you're you're the SVP of digital at a Fortune 500 because you got the golden touch. And the golden touch in secret is continuous teams using design to power things quickly. It's not like a magic elixir, but I do think a lot of people don't hone in on it yet. Beautifully said. Yeah. I'm excited about the new the new show, Me too. the new group. Clinton, welcome. Uh, we're just thrilled to thrilled to have you. Catalyst for positive change. I think there's so much more work to do. Every time I use bad software, I think hmm. there's so more work, to, work do. to do. The job's not done. The job is not done. The job is not done. It's so great. We we're gonna have more voices on the show, uh, which yes. is gonna be wonderful. We're gonna have more guests on the show. There's a spreadsheet, <laughs> and there are names, and there are things getting scheduled, and I'm super excited about that. And That's I think right. it's gonna be great for our listeners to get exposed to a lot more stuff because we're just, we're, uh, I think you said before, widening the aperture, uh, which is the perfect way to say it. We're just going to take in more. We're going to take in more, you know, light and, and opinions and, and perspectives and then uh, reflect them back out into the world. So um, it's, a, it's a really exciting time for us. It's a, an exciting time for launch. And as always, if you want to talk to us, we want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. We, we love hearing from you. Yes. We have a brand new, fresh shiny email address that we are unwrapping out of the package right now for the first time on this episode. It is catalyst at nttdata.com. C-A-T-A-L-Y-S-T. Catalyst at nttdata.com. Reach out. We're going to read those emails and we'd love to talk to you. We want to hear from you. We want to hear about the pain and suffering, the the challenges, the uh, the wins and questions and guest suggestions. And yeah, we're so excited to be back. Really miss doing the show, formerly known as the Postlight Podcast, and uh, we got a big, big shiny future ahead. I'm excited. Thanks for being with us today, Clinton. Thank you. Thank you for the, the warm housewarming, and, and this, uh, consider this maybe our first house party. You know, there, you we're, yes! we're rocking, there you go. There you go. Absolutely. We're rocking some kid in play. We got the warm cookies, and we're, we're, having, <laughs> we're having a good time on the East Coast. So. <laughs> Amazing. Right on. All right. Thank you all. Let's get back to work. See okay. y'all later. Bye. Bye. Bye.